0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website that's actually just celebrating this week. It's 22nd anniversary, 22 years since I sat down and wrote my first review and published it online. You can go to quipster.net and read over 4,000 reviews that I've done since then. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to remind you that I do another podcast Very similar to this one, but it covers new movies. You can search for the Quipster Film Review Podcast wherever you're listening to this one right now. Today, we're going to be kicking off a three-part series of films of the 1980s in which a magical sword becomes part of the action, part of the plot. And there are actually more than three that were made in the 1980s that fit this mold, but I'll limit it to three for now. I'm going to be continuing on where I left off with the end of my last three-part series, that included Dragon Slayer with another film that was produced by Disney that takes place in the Middle Ages or Medieval period or Dark Ages, whatever you want to call it. That is 1985's The Black Cauldron, which is what we're going to be reviewing today. It's an animated fantasy adventure. It's PG rated because of violent content and scary images. That PG rating is actually quite notable. For this release, which I'll get into in just a moment. The runtime is an hour and twenty minutes. The vocal cast is credited to Grant Bardsley, Susan Sheridan, Freddie Jones, Nigel Hawthorne, Arthur Millette, John Biner, and John Hurt. John Houston provides the opening narration of the film. And the directors for this film are Ted Berman and Richard Rich. The screenplay is credited to a hodgepodge of many people. I won't get into, I don't know that there's any main screenwriter because this thing was tooled and retooled and retooled over the years. Roy Disney took a stab at it. Both of the directors also contributed dialogue. But one person who did not necessarily work on the script is a man named Lloyd Alexander, who is notable for being the author whose source material... A five-part book series called The Chronicles of Purnane comprise the inspiration for this fairly loose adaptation of a couple of the books in that series. Here with The Black Cauldron, I would say Disney is attempting to capitalize on the Tolkien-esque sword and sorcery craze of the early 1980s. This one tells the story of a boy named Terran, who is in this medieval period, this assistant pig keeper, living in the fantasy realm of Perdane. Terran has grander dreams in mind for himself. He wishes he could live the life of a brave knight, and now he's going to get his chance to test his mettle when he ends up on a quest to retrieve Henwin. Henwin is his pig, who apparently has the power of clairvoyance, and ends up in the clutches of of the horned king who plans to use the pig's visions in order to find this long lost black cauldron which is this cursed vessel that reportedly grants its possessor the ability to take dominion over the world along with the help from a princess and a bard and this strange but comical creature of the woods called Gurgi Terran, armed with his newly acquired magic sword, wants to find the cauldron first before the world turns into a very dark and sinister place under the dominion of the Horned King. Now, the Black Cauldron, if you haven't heard of it before, it's not very surprising because this is a very often forgotten Disney animated adventure. It's perhaps most notable for being the first such film, the first animated feature from Disney to earn a PG rating. That's mostly due to it being quite frightening. It's darkly violent in its content, at least as compared to their usual family-friendly fare. There were some notable cuts, over 12 minutes worth, from the unreleased but completely original cut that they intended to go with. New Disney executives were brought in to try to right the ship. They watched this film that they were about to release. They hated the dark tone. They hated the lack of story cohesion. And they forced the old guard working on the film to remove some of the more sinister instances of violence. The original cut would have likely garnered a PG-13 had it been released at the same time that it was released in 1985 in July. It might have actually gotten an R rating if it had been released prior to PG-13's existence in 1984, if not for the imposed revisions that delayed its release date, but also tampered some of the violence. It was a hot-button issue at the time, especially in the aftermath of films like Gremlins, and the very similarly themed and presented live-action blockbuster from 1984 called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which has uh, quite a bit of material that will strike you as similar to The Black Cauldron. That was released just the year before. Many parents and concerned moviegoers at the time questioned the MPAA's rating system because they wanted to protect children from more intense and mature subject matter that may not have been deemed strong enough to get an R, but maybe was too strong for kids to just wander in and watch on their own. Disney's animation division were trying to spark to life the ability to craft more mature themed films to try to broaden their appeal to teenagers and maybe even some adults, and this film would provide the test to see if American audiences would be ready for a different direction for the studio. Unfortunately for Disney's plans, the Black Cauldron would prove to be a box office failure. The initial $25 million budget that had been announced soon ballooned to over $40 million, the most expensive animated feature, I guess, to that date. It only earned half of that back. It failed to even earn two-thirds of the take of their re-release of 1961's 101 Dalmatians that same year. And perhaps even worse, the big mud in their eye... They lost at the box office to a very cheaply produced film called The Care Bears Movie that was made for a comparably minuscule $2 million budget. That film featured lower quality animation that was outsourced to South Korea. It forced Disney into some layoffs, some cutbacks, That while they were striving to continue to try to find their way back to prominence, ultimately finding it four years later, of course, with the success of The Little Mermaid. But at this point, it was a really critical time for Disney Also, due to trying and failing in its only PG-rated film to that date, Disney did not even release another animated feature stronger than a G rating for the next 15 years, starting again in the year 2000 with the film, another kind of lesser film in their filmography in terms of popularity, called Dinosaur. The story itself in The Black Cauldron is based on a melding of the first two entries in Lloyd Alexander's Newbery Award-winning children's fantasy novel series called The Chronicles of Perdane. Those books were published in the 1960s. They were inspired by elements as told in olden Welsh tales of mythology. Once you find out that The Black Cauldron Project for Films had been moulded over from the early 1970s, but finally put into development and production seven years prior to its eventual release... You can surmise that Disney greenlit the idea for The Black Cauldron due to the success of Star Wars in 1977, to which this storyline of a farm boy who dreams of becoming a great fighter emulates to a large degree. You can also argue that a bit of Raiders of the Lost Ark is also incorporated in this film in the nature of the cauldron itself, as compared to the Ark of the Covenant's ability to give its possessor the power to move mountains. Unfortunately for Disney, it does take quite a bit of time to make an animated feature from concept to finished product, and by the time that Disney was able to release the Black Cauldron into theaters, the interest in sword and sorcery and Star Wars inspired fantasy had been on the decline in favor of some sillier comedies, some dramas of the human spirit, and some high concept sci-fi tinged adventures. As with many Disney animated efforts of the era, the animation is adherent to conventional styles. Character forms are very much traditional by design, although the backgrounds are still quite detailed. And the introduction of computer-generated components to this film, this was Disney's first real attempt in an animated feature after fully embracing them in live action with 1982's Tron to incorporate those CG elements into the body of their animated features, it does make for some very striking visuals, especially when the Black Cauldron comes into play in the latter part of the film. There was an attempt to be edgier among some of the new talent that was brought on board to Disney, especially the younger animators, but that edge brought edits, brought rewrites that pushed the film from a winter 1984 release into the summer of 1985. It was also their second animated feature done in the pricier 70 millimeter film format, which Disney had not done for an animated feature since Sleeping Beauty back in 1959. And it was their last until 2001's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. It was also the first to use this new six track Dolby sound technology. So this was a pretty expensive film. They put a lot of money into it. And unfortunately, they reaped very little rewards for it. The Black Cauldron is directed by Ted Berman and Richard Rich. They previously collaborated on an only slightly less forgettable animated feature for Disney in 1981 called The Fox and the Hound. I guess Disney grew pretty tired with the direction that they were going. It would be their final work for Disney. The voice work is adequate. Comedian John Biner provides the voice for the comic relief character of Gurgi, a furry woodland creature of unknown origin who lives to munch and crunch on foods like apples. It borders very closely on Biner's storied Donald Duck impression and it gets really annoying. It's a nails-across-the-chalkboard voice for a very overbearing character that somehow ends up becoming a critical part of the action late in the film, and it further sinks the movie into substandard fare at the climax The rest of the vocal cast is fine. John Hurt as the heavy, I guess, is notable because he's John Hurt. But otherwise, it's not really that remarkable for me to delve any deeper than what I've already stated. Unlike Disney's reputation, and despite the fact that there's a bard with a harp as a supporting player... There are also no songs in this film, no songs of note beyond Elmer Bernstein's impressive score. This was the first Disney animated feature to not have a song either in the background or as part of the action. And that may also be a contributing factor as to why the footprint of The Black Cauldron's popularity may be pretty minuscule for a Disney property over the years. As far as the film itself, the problem with The Black Cauldron, it really does not lie in the darkness or the violence quotient. If you can accept the fact that Disney can make one of these kinds of films, you know, just pretend it wasn't made by Disney. And animation has been darker, even Disney animation over the years, and still been critically and commercially successful. So I don't think that you can really attribute to violence as the problem with the film. It doesn't lie in its animation either, because the technical aspects of The Black Cauldron are, to some degree, a saving grace among those who have been willing to reassess this as beyond a misfire over subsequent decades, and some people even have grown to like it. It has a cult following. The problems with the film, I believe, mostly stem from the derivative hero's journey plotline, along with characters that are either uninteresting on one hand, or annoying, to the point where we scarcely are invested in what happens to them as the story progresses. And that becomes a really big problem when you don't have a lot of the bells and whistles that other Disney films have in terms of musical numbers or comical moments. And while The Black Cauldron is something to admire from a visual standpoint, and also in terms of taking a risk for a fairly conservative company, This also represents the point at which Disney had so clearly been struggling to define its identity as an animation studio, and also its ability to tell stories with characters that audiences can identify with and care about, especially in connecting to younger viewers. It really needed a refresher. So for many years, Disney looked at The Black Cauldron as an embarrassment of sorts, They didn't even release a home video version of this film until nearly 15 years after it had left theaters. They just had bigger priorities at the time. They didn't think the audience was there. Finally, Fan Fervor was enough to get them to throw a VHS release out in 1998. So The Black Cauldron, probably one of the more forgettable films for a lot of people over the years. And after seeing this and trying to assess it, it actually was my first time watch. I remember wanting to see this at the time when I was 14 years old, but I never got around to it. It didn't last long in the theaters, and being that it never made its way to home video, I just had not seen it. At least until just very recently for the review. It's fitting that The Darkest Days for Disney would be exemplified here by a film that was set in the Dark Ages. Unfortunately, The Black Cauldron is a misfire by most accounts, despite some admirable qualities, those admirable qualities are enough for me to give it two and a half stars out of four. And two and a half stars is a pretty low Disney film for me because they've created so many great films over the years in animated form anyway. So two and a half stars on my scale means that it is a film that had the goods, it had the tools, it had the talent to be a good film, one worth recommending, but it just never was able to get it together And I think the reason why it just never came together is that there really wasn't a complete and convincing vision, and the effort to make characters that you could get invested in just wasn't there. It felt very much a derivative property to a lot of other properties that were going out at the time, and it was overshadowed, even though it was daring, I guess, for a Disney film. So two and a half stars out of four is the best I can give The Black Cauldron. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have your own thoughts on The Black Cauldron, you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website at quipster.net. There you can also get links to my Twitter feed and my Facebook page that are also places where you can get in touch with me. As far as what I'm going to be covering next week, for those people who like to keep up with the movies before I get to the review, continuing on with A Magical Sword, I guess it's fitting here that I talk about the first R-rated feature that I'm going to be reviewing for this podcast. It is 1981's Excalibur, the King Arthur tale, the Arthurian legend, brought to life in a very robust adventure, from 1981, and I look forward to talking to you about that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Lily, my six-year-old daughter, will not be involved in the post-review discussion of that film, so don't look for her there. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me on this journey around the world in 80s movies.